Well, today, I, of course, I want to speak to all of you, but especially to fathers. I want us to talk to, especially to fathers about giving your kids a model to follow when it comes to worshiping God. But when we hear this word worship, a lot of times the first thing that comes to our minds is about just simply coming to church, singing and clapping and maybe raising our hands as you sing to God. But worship is far more than that. Now, for some of you, that must sound like some really good news. Because for some of you, you might be thinking, if worship is limited to singing, man, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I sound like a dying donkey when I sing. For some of you, you might be thinking, if worship is limited to clapping, I'm still in trouble. I got no rhythm. (laughs) You know, Kim leaves us on two and four, but I'm trying to go on one and three, and I don't know what to do. For some of you, you might be thinking, if worship is limited to hand-raising, I'm really in trouble, because I don't know what to do with these things. You know, I see some people doing this, and some people doing this and that. I don't know what to do with these things. I'm, I'm really in trouble. Well, as we begin this morning, we want to help you with all of that. Take a look at this. I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. <laughs> I want to. T- I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. (laughs) Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. <laughs> What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. (laughs) And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. Well, that may not have been helpful to you to know what to do when you worship the Lord, uh, but now you have a name for what you're doing. Amen? (laughs) 
Now, here's the bottom line. Even though we're not sure what to do with our hands, and maybe even you're not sure what you sound like when you sing, you are to use your whole being to give heartfelt worship to our God. And, and, and you're to make coming together for worshiping God a weekly thing that you do. But look at this. You are to never worship God weekly. Amen? Our awesome God is deserving of, of worship day in, day out, moment by moment. In fact, the word of God says this. Look at this. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But some do give up meeting for worship. Some are. And it doesn't take much to cause us to give up meeting together on a weekly basis to worship God. All it takes in Southern California is a sunny day, and that's every week, amen? Or a rainy day, you know, when the news tasker here in Southern California says, storm, storm watch, you know? That's, that's an awful thing here in Southern California. It might just be misting, but it's a storm watch. All it takes to stay away from worship is a music festival in the desert, a 5K run, a bike ride, a family birthday party, a, a hike, or a new Disney attraction. And after a while, we develop this habit of not meeting together for worship. I'm not talking about a vacation. I'm not talking about some special event. But what are we saying to God by our casual, every once in a while, worship? Are we saying, God, thanks for loving me. Thanks for dying for me. Thanks for providing for me. Thanks for giving heaven to me. But this morning, God, I'm sleeping in. This morning, God, I'm going to the beach. I'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. I'm coming back, God. And besides, God, I know the songs are going to sing, and they don't move me like they used to. And besides, God, I know the stories in the Bible pretty well, so I seldom hear much of anything new anymore. So, God, when it's convenient and when there's nothing else on my calendar, I'll come sit in your house. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but I'm talking to men today. Amen? Come on, men. Say amen. Amen? <laughs> I'm talking to men today, and I know you'd never say that to God, but the question is this. Are you living that? Are you living that? Every once in a while, casual worship. Fathers, are you modeling that to your kids? Are you modeling to your kids that everything else in life is more important than worshiping God? If so, listen to what the Word of God says. It says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. The pattern of this world is to worship God only when it's convenient or when there's a crisis. And I've been a pastor long enough that I, I've seen when a crisis hits, man, everybody comes to God. And everybody gets on their knees, everybody begins to pray, even if they don't have a faith or a belief in God, man, when the crisis hits, God. And so that's the pattern of the world. But it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. God is worthy of consistent and passionate and heartfelt worship. He's our awesome God, full of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, Amen. And so he's worthy of that kind of awesome worship. So it's time for us as men to do a consistency check. 
and a heart check as fathers. It's time for us to do a modeling check. What are we modeling to our kids? And for some of us, like me today, what are we modeling even to our grandkids? The Bible says, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Folks, the kind of worship that God wants from you is for you to offer sacrificial worship to Him. A worship that says, it's going to cost me to get out of bed. It's going to cost me to, to give up this to go to worship. But I'm going to give a sacrifice of worship. The kind of worship He wants for you is for to offer your whole body, your whole self to worship Him. But he doesn't want you to lay down and die in some man-made Old Testament offer, uh, altar and stay there. Instead, he wants you to offer yourself to him day by day. Whether you kneel at your bed or you worship him at your, at your breakfast table by your drinking coffee. He wants you to make an altar and there worship him. But then he wants you to get up from that altar. He wants you to stay cleaned up. And he wants you to go out and use your body in holy and pleasing ways for him. That's worship that pleases God. Holy and pleasing worship. The question is, are you modeling that kind of worship, fathers, before your kids? Now, worship isn't limited to the week hour you spend in church. But if you do limit all of your worship to just this time, when you show up in church, some negative things begin to start to happen in your life. Let me tell you what happens. You begin to develop what I call a consumer mentality. You begin to become a taker instead of a giver. And when somebody says to you, man, how was church today? You say, it was good. The music was good. It was awesome. Or, or it was bad. But your answer is dependent then on what you received here, the message or the music. If the message and music was good, you say, man, church was really good today. In other words, you begin to treat worship services like going to a movie. You go to the movie, and if the soundtrack is good, if the lyrics are good, if the characters act out in awesome ways, you leave and you say, man, the movie was good. It was awesome. And you begin to treat worship like a movie. But you shouldn't do that at church. That's not worship. That's consumerism. You're taking, you're, you're not giving. You're coming to get inspiration instead of to give worship to God. And yes, the music does repoint us. And it helps us connect musically, I mean emotionally to God. It's, it's all helpful, but we're here to give worship. And instead, after you've been to church, you should ask yourself this, how was I today? How was my worship today, was I pleasing to God today? You see, it's not what takes place in this stage that matters. It's what takes place in your heart. That's what matters. So you should ask yourself, how is my heart today? Did I worship God from a clean heart? Did I, did I worship God with my whole heart? Did I give him energy and praise through my whole being? Was I focused on him or was I just getting through the music so he could get to God's word? Did I give him my whole self? 
We need to ask ourselves that kind of question. Now, a guy who did that, who worshiped with his whole being, a guy who worshiped God with his whole heart was Abraham. A father who modeled for his son wholehearted worship was Abraham. And this week, I want to talk to you about the same story we looked at last week. Because Abraham modeled for his son, Isaac, how to worship God. And so I want to use the same scripture and the same story we did last week. Pastor Chris read you the whole scripture of of Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice and all of that kind of stuff. But this week, I want to just kind of summarize this familiar story with five T's. Here they are. Familiar story. There was a test. God said to Abraham, who had been following him and worshiping him with his whole heart, he said to Abraham, now take your son, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the altar, on the mountain that I will show you, as an act of worship. So God came to Abraham and gave him a test like none of us have ever had in our lives. Give me your most precious thing. It was a test. Then there was a trip. Abraham got up. He loaded up two donkeys with wood. He gathered up two servants and Isaac and walked up to the top of a mountain. Then came a terrifying thought. As he tied up his son, put him on the altar, took out his knife to slay his son, and he was in the downward motion, he had this terrifying thought. This is it, isn't it, God? You really do want me to sacrifice my son as an act of worship to you. A terrifying thought. Then there was a termination of the test. Suddenly God said, do not lay a hand on the boy. I know now that you fear God because you've not withheld even your most precious thing from me, your son. Then there was a treasure. God blessed Abraham with a ram for the sacrifice and promised him many kids and victory over his enemies for not withholding even his most precious possession from him, his own son. I read that and I say, man, what a story. Abraham not only was worshiping God all of his life, but here he shows his son how to worship God. And in the process, probably scared his son to death. Amen? (laughs) Can you imagine Isaac? But he was showing his son Isaac how to worship God. He showed his son how to be willing to offer everything to awesome God. So the question is, dads, if your kids follow your model, Will they, too, spend their lives worshiping God? If they follow your model of how you worship, will they end up spending their lives worshiping God as well? Are you modeling before your kids how to worship God? I mean, do they ever see you really singing out your heart and and really clapping and maybe raising your hands if God leads you in worship? Do they, they ever see you leading them in prayer around the family dinner table? Do you as dads take the lead and say, hey, I know we're all hungry, but let's gather hands and let's let's pray to God. Let's thank God. Do they ever see you leading them in a short devotional at at a table or at their bedside at nighttime? Do they see you using your gifts to serve God by serving others? Do they ever see you actually reading your Bible? Do they see you praying and listening to God? Moments of quietness where they see, man, he's just he's tuned in. Do they ever see you giving of your income, your, your time, your talents, your possessions for God's work? You see, your kids are watching. They are watching you. 
And in many, many different ways, they want to be like you. Man, I so remember wanting to be like my dad, especially when I was really young. I, I looked at my dad, and he was, he was a farmer. And my dad had what I thought were the most awesome work boots I'd ever seen in my life. And dad wore these black, pull-on work boots. And as a little kid, I looked at, at those, and I, man, I want those boots. But more, I want to, I kept, this is one of my first remembrances of how I just wanted to be like that. I wanted to be like my dad. How he looked, what he did, all of those kind of things. I ended up better looking, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, I, I wanted to be just like my dad. But I also remember dad having us join hands and pray around the table before every meal. I also remember dad singing his heart out in church. I remember dad leading the high school youth group. I, I remember dad giving to others in need. He was modeling, and as a son, I was watching. So here's the deal, dads. Do you want your kids to believe in God? Do you want your kids to follow God's ways and God's words? Do you want your kids to secure God's reward in heaven? Well, of course you do. You, you want all of those things. But listen, they see you modeling great passion for cars, modeling great passions for your favorite sports team, the Angels, the Dodgers, whatever they are. The Rams, come and get the you know, new, new Coliseum. They see you modeling your passion for the next home project. But are they seeing you modeling passion for worshiping God? Look at this. Your model matters. It really matters. And the Bible teaches that we are created to worship God. The Bible teaches that God Almighty is worthy of our passionate, heartfelt worship. He's worthy of our very best energy and best focus of our minds. But sometimes offering consistent, heartfelt worship requires us to sacrifice something. And how do you worship God with your whole being, not just with your lungs, not just with your vocal cords, not just with your hands? How do you really worship God with your whole being? Well, you follow the model of Abraham. Write this down. You see, fathers who worship, first, they listen for God's call or for God to speak. They listen for God's voice. Worship is not just about us making noise. It's not just about singing. Worship is also getting quiet and listening to him. The Bible says this. God says, be quiet and know that I am God. Fathers, any time in your lives where you are just being quiet and recognizing that you're not it, that he's God, and you need to worship him and give him time, how often do you get quiet and listen? Do you ever delete the noise from your life so that you can actually hear God's voice? You see, God wants to talk with you. God wants to give wisdom to you. He wants to give guidance and direction to you. But too often you can't hear him because of all the noise in your life. Jesus says when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And how does he do that? God's spirit who lives in you will give you a word. He'll give you a phrase. He'll give you an impression. He'll give you a thought. But he will lead you. He will guide you. So if you're a, a father who's a Christ follower here today and you're not hearing God, you're not sensing God impressing you to do various things, 
maybe your life is just too noisy, too busy. The Bible says this, God decided to test Abraham, look at this, so he spoke to him. We have a speaking God, folks. He wants to speak to us, but we've got to listen to him. And then Abraham answered, here I am, Lord. So Abraham was quiet enough to hear God speak, and when he heard God's voice, he worshiped him by saying, here I am. And I don't know of a better way to worship God than to be one who is listening to him. I don't know of a, a better way to worship God than one who's present with him. Here I am, God. I'm still. I'm not running. I got, I'm not doing a project. I'm not driving down the freeway. God, here I am. I'm listening. Folks, that's worship. That's worship. I don't know of a better way to worship him than to be one who's willing to then be used by him. That's a life of worship, listening, being present, being willing to serve him. God, here I am. I'm yours. Lead me. That's worship. Next, fathers who worship then neglect what's natural. What is natural to us? What's natural to me is me. <laughs> what's natural to me is I want my things. I want my desires to be done. And that's typically what comes first is me. What comes natural to you and me is our wants, our, our visions, our desires. And Abraham did that. He neglected his desires, and he followed God's directives. He had his own wants. No, God, I don't want to go sacrifice my son. That was his desire. That was his want. But he neglected what was natural to him, and he followed God's directive. Sometimes God will say, get up and go do this. You'll say, no, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go talk to my neighbor. I don't want to go invite them to this or that. But you follow God's directive, and that's worship. The Bible says this, on the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance, the place where he's supposed to sacrifice his son. So get this, for three days, he went against his natural desires. For three days, he neglected his natural inclinations as a father. He neglected saying, no, God, no way. You can have anything of mine, but not my son. He neglected that. He traveled for three days knowing exactly what he was going to do that he was going to sacrifice his son if God called for that as an act of worship. For three days, he neglected his natural, selfish inclination. Fathers who worship neglect what's natural to them. And they say, God, what do you want? Third, fathers who worship obey what's biblical. They obey what's biblical. Abraham worshiped God through his obedience when you follow God's plans, when you obey God's words, folks, that's worship. When you obey what's biblical instead of doing what you want to do, you've just worshiped God. The Bible says this, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar. There he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Listen. Whether it's the spoken or written word of God, when we obey it, that is an act of worship. Whatever God tells us to do, give a tithe of your income, go share with your neighbor, whatever it might be, that's an act of worship. Abraham's obedience was worship. Jesus says, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. 
These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. So Jesus is saying, you really, really love me? Then obey me. If you don't obey me, it just shows me that you don't love me. Folks, obedience is not some mysterious thing. You simply do what God wants you to do. That's obedience, and that's worship. Next, fathers who worship love God most of all. They love God most of all. Now, Abraham clearly loved his son Isaac with all of his heart, but he loved God more. He loved God most, and that's true worship. Loving God more than anything else. Loving God more than anyone else. That's worship. And to those who love God most, God makes a promise. Look what he said to Abraham. The Bible says, this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I will bless you richly. So listen, God blesses those who prove they love him most by not withholding anything from him that he asked them to give. Abraham's love was worship. God saw he was willing to give up even his most precious son. Last, fathers who worship praise God for providing all. You know, when you praise God for his provisions, that's worship. Now, sometimes we pray, God, I need this. God, help me with that. And God provides, and we just walk on. We never praise him. We forget all about it. But when we praise God for his provisions, folks, that is worship to his name. And that's exactly how Abraham lived. God says to Abraham, lay down the knife. Don't hurt the boy in any way. Now I know you truly fear God. You've not withheld even your beloved son from me. So look at what happens. When God stopped him, when God supplied the ram for him to sacrifice, when God allowed father and son to go down the mountain together, Abraham's response was praise. It was praise. Praise for providing exactly what he needed. And so, folks, praising God for his provisions, that is also worship. So fathers here this morning, fathers who model worship, they first of all, they listen for God's call. They then neglect what is natural. Even if it's hard, they say, God, I'm going to obey you. My natural inclination is to say no, to go this way, but God, I'm going I'm to follow your directive. Fathers who worship, then obey what's biblical. Fathers then love God most of all. And fathers who worship praise God for providing all. Here's the bottom line. A father's model matters. Dads, your model really does matter. How you worship God today matters. Listen, because of Abraham's model, did you know this? Because of his model, Isaac, his son, also spent his whole life Worshiping God? Isaac was a godly man. Like his dad, Isaac spent his life walking and talking with God and following God's ways. So listen close now. Like Isaac watched Abraham, your kids are watching you. They're watching you. And that means that the stakes are incredibly high. Even though your kids have to make their own decision whether or not to worship God, whether or not they end up worshiping Him and following Him and serving Him and giving their best to Him and receiving the gift of life in heaven from Him has a lot to do 
with your model. Fathers, we need to step up. You see, a father's model matters more than you realize. A grandfather's model matters. How you worship today, how you worship every day, really matters and makes a difference. Dads, I'm going to ask if you would just stand right now. I'd like to have you all just stand. Men, women, stand. And I'd like to have dads pray this prayer as we get ready to close today. Pray this prayer with you, with me, in your heart. Repeat it in your heart. And would you make this the day that you choose to step up your model, especially in the areas of worship? Your kids are watching. Would you bow with me and pray this in your heart? Father, like Abraham, I choose you over everything else in my life. Like Abraham, I choose to love you most. And I commit to begin worshiping you more consistently and more passionately. And so on this Father's Day, I commit to these things in your name. In the name of your son, Jesus, whom you sacrificed for me. Father, on this day, is my prayer that, along with myself, that all of us who've been blessed to be fathers and some now grandfathers, that you'd help us step to a higher level of leadership in our families modeling and leading them to you, their heavenly Father, that we might one day, because of our model, see our family gathered together around your throne. Give us the strength. Give us the courage to be what you know we can be and what you created us to be. And that was worshipers of you and models to our family. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said,